So who was the first person to drink beer in the Bible? Daniel, when he downed a line. You remember the line loggers? Those are real dad jokes, those. Uh, thank you, guys. Who was the first person to play tennis? Who? Was it Moses? Served in Pharaoh's court, was it? Who's watching the tennis today? Starts in 45 minutes. My sermon is an hour, so you're going to miss No, I'm kidding. It's not. Starts at half past 10, right? Any Nadal fans? Oh, next gen. You guys are going to head out. We're starting next gen again today. That's, so that's like ages what? Great, grade five to seven. If you don't want to listen to me and you find me boring, you're welcome to go out with these young guys if you're in the room here today. Um, but uh, Nadal fans, anyone? Who wants Nadal to get 21? Who wants Medvedev to mess up the 21 because you want Federer to actually get 21? Okay. Anyway, it's going to be a good Sunday, not because of the tennis. Well, that's always cool, but it is Vision Sunday. Uh, just quickly, a tag announcement with the prayer and worship night Tuesday. We'd really love you all to be there. Um, I think the health of the church is determined by how many people come to the prayer meeting, to be honest. And that's the engine room, that's the core. And we're going to ask you to do something with us, if possible. For the month of February, because prayer night is on the first, for the month of February, we're going to ask you to fast something. Maybe you've never done it before, but fast something, something that is important to you. It doesn't just have to be a food item. Uh, it could be social media, because I think sometimes we need a bit of a reset in the beginning of the year. It could be a food item. You could choose a Daniel fast. Uh, you can go Google what a Daniel fast is. You could fast sugar. I know the Edmonds have just come off the back of like sugar and no coffee for the month. They have battled. Maybe you could fast coffee, although that's not really good for me. Um, but you could fast something. Um, and I really encourage you to do that because when we, when we sacrifice something, like um, in that moment when we're feeling like we want to do that thing, it's, it's a good opportunity to say, God, you know, uh, and just spend a moment just to, to pray. It's a good reminder. So from the first which is Tuesday the 1st of Feb for our worship prayer night. I want you to fast something for the month. However, on Tuesday the 1st, we're going to come here in the evening. Can I encourage you to try something if you've never, never done it before, is to actually fast that day with us. And maybe something a little bit more significant than just, uh, uh, you know, like a social media fast. If you want to fast uh, breakfast and lunch, we will... Um, We'll have something to eat after the prayer meeting. But if you would like to do that, maybe just do a liquid fast for the day. If, I don't have time to go into whole teaching or what fasting and the importance of it, but it really is. So if you want to join us on that day, maybe you've never tried it before. Maybe some of you are saying, hey, I'd like to try it. I'd like to lose some weight anyway. Okay, that's not really the reason why you fast. Uh, but intermittent fasting is quite a big deal at the moment. I, I think uh, God uh, has designed us, and I don't think this would ever have normally come out of my lips, but to design us to fast sometimes, right? Is that right? We've got the, the big dogs in the front agreeing, okay? Fasting is not really my favorite thing, but it is helpful to do that. So could I encourage you from the first, in the morning, if you would fast something for the day with us, some type of food fast, it could be a Daniel fast or just a liquid fast, and then for the month of February, we're going to fast something together. Is that okay? Yeah. Think about it, pray about it, and if you'd like to join us, I think it would be hugely beneficial. Okay, you ready for Vision Sunday message today? It's always an exciting Sunday in the life of our church. For those of you who are new or, you know, uh, been visiting our church, for, you know, not since uh, kind of beginning of last year, we always have a big Sunday, first end of Sunday in, in, in January, just to share some vision for the year ahead, 
we often come up with a tag phrase or a theme or a word, and, and it doesn't mean everything uh, you know, relates to that for the whole year. Like this last year, we had Believe, which is a big deal to us, and we had the Believe War, but we always kind of feel something that God has put on our hearts. So we're excited about Vision Sunday today because I really feel this is significant and important to all of us. But before we get into the theme of that, um, I posted this picture beginning of the year, and uh, we went for a run, my wife and I, on the Sea Point Promenade. Anyone done that? It's just beautiful down there. And you find the, the Nelson Mandela glasses. Uh, I think the, the picture should go up. Should go up. Is it? It's trying to go up. It's lacking vision. Is it there? It was there. It's not going up. What a pity. Okay, uh, they'll try to get it up. But um, we, 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 took a, we had a run along the promenade, and there are the Nelson Mandela glasses. They're massive. And we were standing in between the glasses, and I, I, I did a... Oh, there we go. It comes up. Okay. And uh, I posted the photo just beginning of the year, just talking about vision and what have we done with the vision that God has given us for the past few years, you know. So often we, we speak about vision and we need a vision, but like what have we done with the vision. And I think it's really important that we not only have vision, but actually apply the vision that we feel God has given us. And I posted this scripture with it, which is Proverbs 29, 18, which, which I love. It says, when there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. I just love the, 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 that, the language of that version. Um, vision, for those of you maybe not quite sure the actual meaning of it, is, is the act or power of anticipating that which will or may come to be. That's actually the dictionary definition of vision. There is a hope. There's an anticipation of what God is going to do, what God may say, what may come to be. Um, it actually, in the dictionary, it speaks about, or the example gives, it says prophetic vision or the vision of an entrepreneur. Uh, the word prophetic, because uh, in the dictionary it says prophetic vision, is, is something that is declared by a prophet or, or something that is divinely inspired. And God uh, equips and enables those who are teachers, pastors, leaders uh, in, in kind of spiritual terms to, to be that, to be a voice of God. And I'm in no way claiming to say I'm this massive big prophet, but I would like to uh, hope that God would speak through me. God's placed me in this uh, position as, as a pastor with my wife to lead this church. And I do find that God speaks to me uh, prof prophetically and, and I, I, I hear him say things. And often sometimes when I'm praying for someone, I'll, I'll see a picture or a vision. And I really believe that this message today is something that God would want to declare to you, divinely declare to you. He just uses me as a mere vessel. He can use any one of us. But that's really what uh, prophecy is or, or something prophetically. It's divinely inspired. And it's the ability to see something that God is going to do. And God is going to stir something in our hearts. And that's really what prophecy is. Uh, we, we, we sometimes complicate this whole thing. But God has uh, the ability through his spirit to speak through to every single one of us. But God also very importantly places people in, uh, you know, places of leadership to, to lead a, a church. And my hope today is that you would open up your heart um, to what God is wanting to say to you through me. Does that make sense? It's I'm just the vessel. Um, 
And I trust that it is divinely inspired. That's my responsibility as a shepherd. God has entrusted you and your spiritual um, growth uh, to us as pastors here at Open Skies Church. And just to say that is something that we take seriously. Uh, it actually terrifies me <laughs> sometimes. I've got to be honest. I'm like, God, what are you, what are you doing? You know, what are you saying? Why? Like, why me? You know? um, and as you know my story, I maybe fought it for a little bit, you know, this whole thing of leading a church. But I've come to understand that I love people. And I just want the very best for your life. And sometimes um, we have to give the truth, but we've got to give it in love. But the very best, as we spoke about a moment ago, is, is heaven's bliss. And the word bliss is utter joy and contentment. Life and life to the full. And that is my hope for every single one of you. But to experience utter joy and contentment, you need to give the truth. Is that okay? Sometimes the truth hurts a little bit, uh, but... We need to embrace it, and we're going to look at some scriptures today. Just before we look at the two key scriptures, I want to just, uh, talking about heaven's bliss, look at Psalm 32 from verse 1. David maybe wrote this one, I don't know. <laughs> he wrote most of the Psalms. But it says, what bliss belongs to the one whose rebellion has been forgiven? And that's every single one of us. Those whose sins are covered by the blood. Thank you, Jesus, that he came and died for us. What bliss belongs to those who have confessed their corruption to God? Don't we pray for that for our nation? Uh, for he wipes their slates clean and removes hypocrisy from their hearts. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? That is Psalms 32. What heaven's, heaven's bliss will fill our soul because of what Jesus has done for us. Right, the two key scriptures, and what I find amazing is I'd made some, some notes and I'd made some uh, kind of key scriptures that I had placed in my little notes app from uh, kind of near the end of last year. I think it was about October, November. And this past week, a friend sent me a message from, from someone and I listened to the message and I was like, because I'd shared a few thoughts about what we want to say and, and with this particular couple. And I listened to this message and I was like, oh my gosh. Like the, the notes were like lining up, the, the scriptures, it was just incredible. So there's one or two things that I, I wanted to even pull from that, but it's just amazing confirmation that God is saying something across the world um, with where we're going. And so I want to pull up John 8. I'm going to read from verse 31. And just to give you a little bit of context, um, Jesus uh, loved spending time at the temple. This is where they would meet, they would, they would worship, they would debate things, and he, he would go there and get into these debates with, with the believers. Some of them were the pharisaical believers, but some were just normal people like you and I. And there was this back and forward uh, conversation that was happening, and it started to get a little bit heated, and uh, there was some discussion happening, and there was some confusion as well. And then kind of in the middle of this conversation, Jesus says this in verse 31. He says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, see, they believed in him. You are truly my disciples. If you remain faithful to my teachings, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I think many of us have heard that particular passage before. And then I want to go, there's, there's this continuum back and forth and this discussion around Abraham and whatever. And then it goes uh, from verse 41. You'll see now when it starts to get a bit heated, he says, uh, no, you are imitating your real father. They replied, we aren't leg illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me. Remaining faithful to my teachings, there's another scripture that says, if you love me, you will obey me. If you, 
if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. See, they didn't recognize who Jesus was. And I'm not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil. It's pretty hectic, right? Pretty, pretty direct, pretty straightforward. This is Jesus talking here. The loving, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. The one who wasn't born in a major. And you love to do the evil things that he does. Remember, these are believers. He was a murderer from the beginning. Talking about the devil. He has always, and, and note this line, hated the truth. Hated the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is, in, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of all lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens to the words of God. Listens with intent, not just hears. James says, don't just be hearers, but be doers. When you listen, like when I tell my kids, listen to me. Because <laughs> you're hearing me, but you're not listening. Listen, and listen to this. Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words. Remember that word, gladly. But don't, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. Quite an interesting passage. Let me just say this. The devil is a liar. He will always be a liar and he'll always try and deceive you. He is the father of deception. The word deceive means to mislead by false appearance or statement. And it's interesting in 2 Corinthians it says, but I'm not surprised, even Satan disguises himself as the angel of light. Some versions say he masquerades as an angel of light. Of light. He will mislead you by false appearance. He says things that sound true. And sometimes it even sounds like your own voice. Sometimes you're like not sure if it's your voice or it's the devil's voice. I remember sometimes when my kids were young, I was like, why are you thinking that? No, well, the devil made me. Why you do that? The devil made me do it. But I want to talk a little bit about culture. Are we shaped by culture or by God's truth? Because culture at the moment is telling us, if it sounds good, feels good, feels right, seems right, I will post that, I will say that, it must be good. And there's a recent trend that I've seen or heard at the moment, and maybe you've heard it a few times before, and it's funny because we literally discussed this at our home group a couple weeks ago, but you know there's a statement going around like, I'm just going to be true to myself. I'm going to live my truth. I'm going to find my truth. It's my life. It's my truth. Now, although that might seem good, and there might be elements of that as good, like if, if you're going to be yourself or share your experience or be honest with yourself or use the hurts that you have in your heart to, to live out your truth, then I, I kind of think that that's okay. But I'm also bothered by the statement when people say, I'm living my truth. I don't know what exactly it is about that bothers me, but it, it, it's, it's just a little bit off. It's my truth. It's my life. I'm going to find my truth. But it almost starts to create this idea that everyone can have their own truth.
You see, Jesus didn't say, your truth will set you free. He also didn't just say, the truth will set you free. How often do we take out scripture in isolation and build a theory or an opinion about something? Culture does that so well. The media does that so well. They'll just take out things like the clickbait. I mean, it's actually terrifying. How many times have you clicked on an article on Facebook that the statement comes up and you click and it's had nothing to do with it? You're like, oh my gosh, they just made, I've just wasted my time. They love controversy. The Bible doesn't also just say the truth will set you free. And that's the problem with scripture in part. It actually says, and it's one sentence, and you will know the truth and the truth will set, free, set you free. You see, if you don't know the truth, you don't know what truth is. So how can the truth set you free if you don't know it? That's why you can wear what would Jesus do bracelet all you like. But if you don't know what Jesus would do, you're not going to be able to do the right thing. Do you remember those what would Jesus do bracelet? It says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Is this too strong? You see, if you're choosing or, or trying to figure out your truth, that's actually not a truth. It's, it's more of a belief. And it's risky because you may think that your belief is true. You see, if you've had bad experiences, say, say ladies, for example, with guys, you can say all boys are just the same. All boys are rude. Now, although many of them might be, okay, might be the partly truth. Or all women, all girls just like to gossip. You see, you can't take a personal experience and make it an absolute truth. All dentists are terrifying. Hey, Colin. I went to the dentist this week. It is a little terrifying, but they're actually nice people sometimes. <laughs> All hairdressers are, I don't know, weird. Okay, we've got some hairdressers in the church. I'm just giving you, uh, it's not true, you see. Guys, I had a dream the other night. It was terrifying, and this is true. I, I thought I had a haircut just like Ed's. It was a nightmare. It's 100% true. I, was, I promise you, there was this guy, he was a little bit flamboyant, you know, his hairdresser, and he was saying, no, this is the new style, and he just like shaved me up to here, and then he left this back bit, like, out here, and it was, I was flicking it around, I was like, he was like, trust me, this is the new style. I'm like, dude, like, I, I'm nervous, like, my wife is gonna kill me, and he, I said, please, just cut the, and then he just cut it shorter, and next thing, this is, dreams are so weird, he shaved it all here, and then I was bald on the top like my dad, and then he, he imprinted in text, uh, Kiss, you know, there's that dodgy like band, that heavy kiss, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Jesus, like, what are you doing here? I was, and then he disappeared, and I, I was like, I'm gonna gap it, but I was gonna gapping it. This guy runs in and vomits on the floor. I don't know what the dream meant. I was like, I don't know if he was vomiting at my hairstyle. All hairdressers are. No, I'm kidding. All Christians are hypocrites. Is that the truth or is it a belief? You see, there's a difference between belief and truth. Belief is, is, is experience where truth comes from God. See, you can believe something, but it might not be true. Let's be honest, are the kids out? But we believed in that red guy, Santa, when we were younger, right? I was 100% convinced I saw the sleigh on a roof when I was about nine or 10 years old. I promise you, I still remember it. I remember trying to convince my cousins, it's there. I see it, there with the lights. What about like the Easter bunny, eh? 
That's a belief, right? You believed it at the time. Can there be a parallel to our Christianity even that we have this infant belief and we haven't matured? See, it can't just be your truth. It's got to be the truth. And if we look back to that passage that we read, you know, Jesus was talking people to people that believed in God. But it wasn't true in their lives. It's almost like, and I preached a series many years ago called Christian Atheist. I don't know if any of you remember that, but you believe in God, but you live as if he doesn't exist. This is what he was saying. You, it's not just enough to believe. And that's why this theme this year ties so beautifully in with last year. Believe. Yes, we want you to believe. Believe that God can do the amazing things and believe in his word, but you've got to go beyond that. And we're taking you on a, journey, on a journey. It's not just enough to believe. You can believe, but not be free. You have to expand your belief. You have to raise your experiential level of belief to truth. Live truth and experience truth. How do we do this? If you look in that scripture, Jesus says, if you remain faithful to my teaching. Other versions say, in the NIV it says, if you hold to my teaching. The TPT says that if you embrace all that I teach. You see, we all need something to hold on to. I've got a rope here. I bought out this rope in, in another series that I did. Um, Dave, do you wanna come on up here? Come up here, bro. just want to sort you out. I'm joking. It just, I don't know, where, where, where the camera? Can you, can you kind of see this? Okay, just stand on the end, yeah? Stand, no, stand on the end of the stage, yeah? Don't worry. Okay. Lean back. Hold tight, eh? Jesus. Okay. <laughs> don't worry, he was holding. Okay, get back up. Let me try to pull you back up. Okay. If you hold to my truth. Okay, see this rope. Okay, keep it, stay there. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you something now. Let, let the rope go. Can you just hold on to this? It's much bigger, it's much wider. Okay. It's, I've, I've stapled it, it's gonna be strong. You wanna fall back? Why not? But it's bigger. It's, look, it's much thicker, it's wider. I know this seems a little silly and, and crazy, but when you're looking from this side, it is, it looks wider, right? But we all know the truth of paper, especially when you come from the side, it's paper thin. The Bible says that we have to hold to truth. The devil comes and he masquerades. Are you, are you safer to hold on to this, right? Yeah. This is a lot stronger. And let me tell you, and, and I know you slipped off the back, that's because I'm holding with one hand, but you're gonna trust this a lot long, more than you trust that because this is stronger, it's more solid. And when you hold to it, you, you see, if he wasn't holding tight, or I wasn't holding tight, there would be a bit of a disaster. Thank you, Dave. We have to hold to the truth. Embrace the truth. And I don't know about you, but we all need something to hold onto. Because if you look at the world today, it, it's so difficult. It, the world is so divided. I don't know about you, but sometimes I like, oh, oh, I don't even know what to believe. I don't even know what to say. I don't know if you've read this, like a, a post on, especially when it's a political one on vaccines, all this stuff. And, and 
you, you get so confused. I, like, I understand what that person's saying, but then they say this, and it's like, where's the middle line? Where's the truth? And unfortunately, when it comes with opinions and belief, it, it varies. People's opinions vary, and we need to know the truth, because there's going to be an increasing sense of compromise in the world today, and we have to know as believers, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I'm reading a book at the moment called The Daniel Dilemma, and we're going to probably do a teaching series on it sometime soon. Don't have time to go into it, but Daniel, there was a, it was a massive dilemma. I mean, he was, you know, kind of like a slave, taken out. He was in exile, and he arrives there, but, and, and he worshipped the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he was, but, but then there was such a, a temptation for compromise, but Daniel held firm to the truth, and we need truth more than ever before. We need truth so that we can discern the lies. The devil is a liar, and it's time as a church, and I know maybe you're a new Christian or you just joined, and uh, I don't want to put any pressure on you at all, but it's time to mature in the things of God. It's time to develop the BS to truth. By BS, I mean belief system, just in case you're thinking about something else, okay? <laughs> you see, if we put truth at the top, you know, there's that, I don't know if any of you heard about that, like a, a faith, facts, feelings. Do you know that, that whole thing about you can't follow your feelings? You've got to put facts first. This is, this is the facts and then faith and then feelings. Because if, you, if you're living just with feelings, you're never going to get to truth. But we've almost got to put truth at the top. And when we understand that we have faith first, then the facts, then the feelings, we're going to lean into what truth is. And my job and the other pastors here at church that teach and teach at college is to move you from infancy where you believe certain things that weren't true to solid food. Uh, look quickly at these two scriptures, 1 Corinthians 3. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. Belong to this world, meaning you've got the wrong father. The father of all lies is your father. I had to feed you milk. Not with solid food because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And in, you know, he's here saying, and you still aren't ready. I'm hoping that you are ready. I remember the, the dilemma with the kids, you know, when was it okay to actually give them something more than uh, milk, you know? I wanted to always try and, I remember when we gave Chloe ice cream. How old was she? Maybe about 10 months. Janina was like, like gave her this little lick of ice cream. I got into trouble. But like it was always, I wanted to see her expression. And she just like went crazy. It's the first time she's tasted something that wasn't natural, you know. Um, but at some stage, we move from milk to solid food when we're children. Listen to what Hebrews 5, 12 says. You have been believers uh, so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. This is in the Bible, by the way. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Remember me saying earlier, you don't know what to do. You don't know what right is because we're still on milk, not on solid food. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And we're going to need to know that skill in the times that we are living in. That's why we have a, had a huge push to do Bible college. You need to know the truth. I can't give everything that you need here on a Sunday morning. You know, if you look at the values of our church, worship, excellence, servant heart, 
truth and love. A way to remember it, by the way, if you are new, is Westlove. Remember the band Westlove? Hey, they made a little bit of a comeback. They've got a song on the radio at the moment, you know. Westlove. But truth is incredibly important. I was chatting to Shavian the other day. He's sitting over there. Um, he says, a value is not a value until it's valued. And he says, value should be in the hall and not just on the wall. And we have these values up. There we are. Worship excellence. Seven our truth, love. They, they can't just be up there, but we, we've got to bring them here into our lives. I'm going to come to a close. Uh, two, two quick passages. Well, the one that I'm going to end with is, is the other key one. Romans 12, 9 says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Remember I told you to remember that other sentence earlier about hating it says, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Hold tightly, embrace, hold on to. Other versions um, in, in this Roman scripture speaks about uh, listen gladly. It speaks about holding tightly. It, speak, it speaks about clings. And there's such a, a parallel between the first scripture we read and, and this one. Some speak about remaining. Some speak about embracing. And something struck me in reading this and preparing for this is, is we can't just say, okay, cool, I'll, you know, give me the truth then. I, you know, I, I need it. It's not just about saying, give it to me. It, if you look at these words and the last scripture I read, there's something a little bit more here. There's something a little bit more significant. It, it speaks about clinging, holding tightly, gladly. And then I want to end with this parable, which we will unpack also in a series going forward. But this is where the theme for the year has come out of this scripture. And it's Luke 8, 11 to 15. And as I said, I don't have time to unpack this specific one, but it, it, it's, it's about the different soils. Let me just read it quickly. The soils of our heart. Here then is the deeper meaning to the parable. We'll look at the parable uh, another time. The word of God is the seed that is sown into hearts. The hard pathway represents the hard hearts of those who hear the word of God but the, uh, but the slanderer quickly snatches away what is sown in their hearts to keep them from believing and experiencing salvation. The seeds fallen, falling on the gravel represents those who initially respond to the word with joy. But soon afterward, when a season of difficulty and harassment of the enemy comes to them, they wither and fall away for they have no root in the truth and their faith is temporary. How many times do we see people come in and out of church Hey, I'm, I'm so pumped up. I'm so excited for God. And, you know, you see them for a season and then you're like, we are those people? Unfortunately, this is the hard truth. Jesus spoke about it 2,000 years ago. They fall away because the enemy comes and snatches it away and difficulty comes upon them. The seeds that fall into the weeds represents the hearts of those who hear the word of God. Hear, not listen. But their growth is quickly choked off by their own anxious cares, the riches of the world, and the fleeting pleasures of life. There's a series in that as well coming up some, some stage. Those three things. This is why they never become mature and fruitful. Move from milk to solid food. But listen to this. The seed that fell into good, fertile soil represents those Lovers of truth who hear it deep within their hearts. They respond by clinging 
to the word, holding on, embracing, keeping it dear as they endure all things of faith. It doesn't mean it's easy all the time. There's also difficulty. There's the anxious cares of this world, but they hold it dear and they, because of that, they can endure all things. This seed that will one day bear much fruit in their lives, that their spirituality, their, their understanding, their belief will grow into truth and they will experience truth. And the theme for this year out of that is lovers of truth. We have to not only say, okay, give me the truth. We need to love the truth. We need to embrace the truth. Don't be distracted. There's the band are coming up, but we need to love the truth. And it's not only the correctional truth of God's word, but it's also the truth of who you are and who God says you are. You need to embrace that because so often we hate ourselves. But when you look at this, the devil, what he causes us to do, the father of all lies, is he hates, he hates these things right back into that first scripture. Where is it? It's gone. It says, he has always hated the truth. If the devil hates the truth, and Jesus is warning those people saying that the devil is their father, and I, I don't like to spend too much time on the devil and give him too much attention, but he is real and he is out there and he wants to destroy your life. So if he hates the truth, what do we need to do? Is the opposite and we need to love the truth. Not just give me the truth, but love the truth. How often do we battle to hear the truth about ourselves? You know, there's this whole cancel culture at the moment and I get some of that is wrong because the heart behind is wrong. But so often it's true what they're actually saying about that person and we just don't like the truth about somebody. And stuff is starting to be revealed across the world today. The truth is coming out. For you and your life, you need to embrace the truth, love the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts. But let me tell you, you can't change if you don't acknowledge the truth of what's actually in your heart or what's actually in your business or in your marriage or in your family or just going on in here. We have to love the truth. And when we understand the truth of something, there is a different response. Now, some of you have seen my... Sorry, this is heavy, this brick analogy before. You know, if I had to just like, I don't know. Check out, you're getting worried. I'm, I, how, why would I ever throw it? Okay, I did. Okay. <laughs> I had to find someone that didn't know about the brick. Okay, this is a sponge. But you see what happened? The reaction was like, ah, like, that's what people do with truth. They're like, I, I, I don't want it. Watch this. different reaction right because they know the truth of the brick this is not what we think a brick is you see a brick normally it's hard it's heavy it if it's going to hit us it's going to hurt us I, I once threw this a wedding 10 years ago and instead of hitting the guy I hit a granny on the head boosh, with the brick I felt so terrible anyway when we understand the truth of the brick we're not going to run away from it we're going to embrace it because it's not going to hurt us. We need to understand the truth of who God is and the truth of His Word and we need to love it. We need to embrace it. Like, give me the truth. I need the truth because I'm tired of the way I'm living right now. The devil has had his way in your life far too long and the only way to change is to embrace the truth. And as we kind of come to a close with the service today, the band have prepared a song. 
And on your chair, you will see you've all got a little brick, a little Lego block or what are these things called? Dublo or whatever. What I want you to do in embracing this truth, we need to get to know God's word and there'll be some help up on the screen for those of you who maybe don't have a favorite scripture. But I want you to, there should be markers that will go around. Uh, I want you to write on this brick, I know it's small, but your favorite scripture, if you have one. Perhaps there could be a, a word from that scripture that you could write on the other side. If you can write really small, you can write the full little scripture if it's short. And I want you to write on this little block because these are the foundations for our life. The parable of the, 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 the people that build a house, you know, the, the one on the sand where it came coming down and the one who built his house on the rock. The reason why Jesus told that parable was, and a lot of people don't know this, the verse before that says, if you, if, if you hear these words of mine and you put them into practice, you are like the man, the wise man who built his house on the rock. If you don't put them into practice, you are like the foolish man and that foundation will not stand. And bricks obviously symbolize foundation. And I want you to write your favorite scripture on this. And then during the song, uh, you're gonna come and just place the brick on this front little thing here. It doesn't have to look pretty or anything like that. And the kids are gonna come on in as well. And maybe you can do it as a family. But I'll give you a moment just to write that down. And then you're just gonna come place it. You can place it on top of someone else's. And once we've collected all the bricks, we're gonna do something fun with this for kids church, okay? But I want you to write your favorite scripture, okay? And then um, where's the communion? Uh, we're going to pass communion around as well and you're going to have communion with your family or if you're obviously here with a friend or on your own or just find somebody. Okay, so are you all good with that? That's what we're going to do and then Colin's going to come up and wrap up the service. So take a moment just to write truth on your foundation today.